Hey, Leafs family, hockey world, what is up? This is the Leafs Convo. It's NJ with you. I'm so glad that we're collabing for another podcast because the next 30 minutes ahead are going to be so much fun. Mike Agello is standing by. He's going to jump on the episode to tackle your Leafs Marlies related questions as part of Mike's mailbag. Our first go round of the segment was incredible. We know this go round is going to be just as good, if not better. Plus, Stars Marlies Game 6 at Rico Coliseum. If Toronto wins, they'll clinch the Calder Cup championship. Wouldn't that be nice? I say plan the celebration, plan the parade route. Mike is taking a more conservative approach. What else is new? Plus, Mike's latest at HockeyBuzz.com, burning up right now. He lists out the players who he believes could be or should be traded to bring back even better players to help the Maple Leafs inch closer to their ultimate goal of winning a Stanley Cup. The Maple Leafs trade bait article up for discussion in this podcast. Plus, let's get it straight. Do the Maple Leafs have enough money this summer to sign John Tavares as a free agent? Oh, I can't wait for this podcast to begin. So let's do it. Mike's ready to go. I'm ready to go. You're ready to go. Let's pod. The Leafs combo starts now. And here he is, President Trump, Secretary of Hockey, the one and only Mike Augello. Hello, sir. Good morning, Norman. Uh, please, I would not want to be associated with the name that you <laughs> Are we allowed to be friends after uh, Trump's little hissy fit? In well, I, I, actually, a, a writer friend of mine had something pretty humorous to say. He's like, you know, the city of Toronto has a chance to win its first uh, professional hockey championship in 51 years. And I'll probably be prevented from covering it by the Canadian customs who will not let Americans pass the border. You have a Tim Hortons <laughs> in Buffalo, don't you? <laughs> like every other block there is. Well, bring them a couple double-doubles. That'll get you in. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so the Marlies in position to win Toronto's first professional hockey championship in over half a century. Tuesday night at Rico Coliseum, up three games to two on the Texas Stars. That was a nice little effort in game five to wrap up their uh, Texas portion of this Calder Cup championship series. What say you, my friend? I mean, it was the most dominant performance that they've had since, um, I would actually say since the Syracuse series because the Lehigh Valley series was pretty close. Most of the games were. Um, yeah, I mean, they, I mean, two minutes and 19 seconds into the game, they were up to nothing. Uh, Janssen with the breakaway, Trevor Moore with a goal a few seconds later. It was just, it was really impressive. And then, you know, Texas came back at a goal early in the second and, you know, you got the feeling that the crowd is behind them, that, uh, you know, there's a chance that they could climb back into the game. And then within a few minutes, Colin Greening scores to make it three, uh, one. And then Callie Rosen with a couple goals that were just, I mean, if he could play like that all the time, I would say he's an answer for the bottom pairing. So it was a very impressive victory. They didn't uh, tax Garrett Sparks a lot with a ton of shots. They, it was, you know, they played a good defensive game, but they were, offensively very very good uh and now they have it now they have two opportunities to finish it out on uh, home ice where they've only lost once uh all playoffs well the ball is in their court to use a basketball metaphor and it's a situation where they can just kind of put this thing to bed mike mckenna peppered in game five and you have to believe not only is he somewhat demoralized from the effort that he put forth and the shellacking he took but possibly the team as a whole coming back to Toronto, having to win two in a row here 
which you would think would be on paper almost a gargantuan, if not impossible, feat. I'm not saying plan out the parade route just yet, Mike, but uh, Sheldon Keith's guys have to know that Tuesday night after around 11.30 should be a nice little party around Rico. Well, a cautionary tale, and I, I believe I'm correct here, but I'd have to—I'll double check to, to, to you know, and correct myself in a future uh, convo if I'm wrong. Uh, but when the two teams played, and these are different teams, different players, but when the two teams played in 2014 and met for the Western Conference Final, I believe the Marlies went to Texas down three games to two. They won Game Six and then lost Game Seven mm-hmm. at home. So I'm sure Sheldon Keefe is telling these guys, you know, don't celebrate. Yeah, sure. You know, uh, put put the pedal to the metal. If they play like they did five, then I don't think they have anything to worry about. But the, you know, they are young. You know, they are young players, and sometimes they can get a bit overwhelmed at, at, at a situation like this. So you know, it'll it hopefully for for Leaf fans who were would be encouraged by a Marley's Calder Cup victory, it'll be celebration on Tuesday. But if not. They, it, then it'll be game seven and fingernails on Thursday. Yeah, 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 let's hope it doesn't get to that, Mike. For as much as these guys do want to close it up, let's not forget it's been a long season, and I'm sure a lot of these young cats would like to go see their parents, maybe travel home, uh, get out on a boat, do some fishing, do some traveling, and it's all well-deserved, especially if they can win this Calder Cup. Remember, the place is going to be packed with fans, brass, scouts, this is not only an opportunity to, you know, etch your name on the Calder Cup and win yourself a professional championship, but one last opportunity before uh, summer camps and before everybody goes their separate ways to make an impression on Kyle Dubas and the Leafs brass. And why not go out in style, make a great impression, win that cup, get Leaf fans uh, humming towards July 1st, uh, celebrating a championship i I agreed i mean i'm i'm sure a lot of them are looking forward to a little bit of a break but you know you know as well as i do with hockey players in in the modern era the break will probably be two or three weeks and then they'll be back on the ice training and getting ready for the next season and a lot of players on the marlies i mean more than any other year with with the ascension of of kyle dubas from assistant gm and gm of the marlies to the gm of the leafs you know, there's opportunity here when it comes to, I would say, you know, more than a few Marlies, not only uh, the Grunstroms and the uh, Almiro Altonins and Andreas Janssen, but guys like, you know, Trevor Moore has played on a fourth one. Uh-huh. Fourth, I, I think he's fourth in the AHL in points mm-hmm. in the playoffs. So, I mean, I think he's entered the conversation. I think a guy like Mason Marchman in the future, maybe a year or two down the road, could be a, a fourth liner in the NHL. There's a number of players on this team that have put themselves in the pipeline for the, for the Leafs going forward. Hey, this is the Leafs Combo. I'm Norman James in London, Ontario. Mike uh, Jello in Buffalo, New York. A little bit later in this podcast, we'll do the second round of the Mike's Mailbag segment which uh, went off without a hitch in our maiden voyage and has been quite popular in terms of the views and hits and interest on social media as well as our youtube page hashtag ask mike hashtag mike's mailbag if you want to ask a question of mike through the youtube chat function bold hashtag ask mike all caps, so I can see it. I get all the notifications right to my device. 
So when I see that you have a question for Mike, um, I will flag it and then I'll make sure to add your question into a future edition of Mike's Mailbag. So for HockeyBuzz.com, Mike, you do incredible work. Oh, by the way, uh, congratulations on being one of the most read hockey bloggers who focuses on the Leafs, Mike. Uh, It's well-deserved, and and for my money, you are the best in the business. So thank you very much for being associated with this podcast. Your latest uh, ginning up a lot of hype regarding trade bait and and which Maple Leafs would be uh, considered – right for the picking for other teams to, to grab and offer back players or resources that the Maple Leafs would need to push forward towards contendership. Tell us a little bit about your article. Well, Frank Cervelli on TSN uh, annually does a, what he calls his trade bait list, which is the top five players that, or assets. He, I know he lists, and other things as well on the list uh, that may be traded over the summer. And, you know, it's, it's throughout the league. And he didn't list any of the top 25 as Leaf players who would possibly be traded. But I, I took, I took the, the framework of that and apply it to the Leafs in the sense that I think the Leafs are going to be one of the teams that is going to acquire one or two of the players on that top 25 list and what they would have to give up in those potential deals and you know he lists a number of defensemen anywhere from Chris Tanev to Eric Carlson and I think the Leafs will be in on if not all of them then a few of them and what who are the top five most likely uh, movers and movers uh, off of the Leafs to that team for a particular deal either for a defenseman or a center and the number one player on the list was Jake Gardner and not because and I, and I specified not because of the brain cramp in game seven but because of his sure. contractual contractual situation, and you know, if if the Leafs want to sign him, and you know they have a year to do so, and maybe they can get him on a hometown discount, but it's a question of, you know, he had a career high fifty two points, and what you know what you would have to spend in the current construct of. Uh, the NHL salaries in terms of defensemen, you know, it would probably be in the five and a half to six and a half million dollar range. And whether the Leafs want to pay that to Jake Gardner, who is obviously, you know, a, 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 it sounds negative to say a flawed player, but he's a, he's a one-way player. He's really good in the offensive zone and not very good in the defensive zone. So if a team out there is trading a defenseman who has term left in their deal, they may want to have a defenseman who they can ha- can uh, have on their roster for at least a year and maybe extend. And Gardner would be a perfect illustration of that at, at four and a uh, 4.025 million dollars next year, and then a UFA. So in any deal for a Jacob Truba or an Oliver Ekman Larson or a Noah Hannafin or any kind of these deals, that team might be interested in a Gardner because of. The, the type of defenseman he is, which is an offensive defenseman. The, the guy who was number two on the list, and granted, some of these guys are players that the Leafs really don't want to give up, but it, as you said, you know, you're going to have to give up something to get, get something, and number two on the list was was Kasperi Kapanen. Now, he's 21 years old. He's on his ELC still, so he's cheap. He's talented. He's in a fourth-line role because the Leafs are stacked on the right side with Connor Brown, Nealander and Marner, 
Um, now, if they move Nylander center, then, you know, then maybe it, it, it takes away from the availability of Kapanen, but it doesn't sound like that they're really going to do that. It, it sounds like that Nylander is going to stay on the right side with Matthews. If that's the case, then, you know, you have an asset there. You have depth on, on the wing in the organization, and he's a player who's cheap, who's talented, and that other teams would be interested in because of those reasons. So he, he's number two. Number three, as I've mentioned on a couple previous shows, has been is Garrett Sparks um, because of the goaltending glut situation, because they have Freddie Anderson as the number one. I'm convinced that that Babcock, no matter what happens in training camp, will go with McElhaney as the number two. And I don't see Dubas keeping three goaltenders on the roster to avoid losing Garrett Sparks off on waivers. So I, I think that it either means that Garrett Sparks is the number two or, and they trade McElhaney or wave McElhaney or they're trading Sparks. And I think there's more of a likelihood that they're trading Sparks than the other scenario. Uh, number four is Matt Martin, mm-hmm. simply because Matt Martin, after July 1st, and that the Leafs pay the $1.5 million signing bonus, is a $1 million player with a $2.5 million cap hit. And I, I, I've, of course, surmised that you know, there's a possibility of him going back to Brooklyn with, Lam- with Lou Lamorello mm-hmm. there as the GM. Uh, and he's the one who signed Martin here. And number five, I have to put in the category of I don't think that they want to trade him. And if Mike, if they do trade this guy, meaning Connor Brown, I think Mike Babcock will will cry, will shed a more than one yeah. tear because he loves Connor Brown and he loves his versatility. And I think Connor Brown was done a little bit of a disservice this year, being shifted all around. He went from twenty goals to fourteen goals. But I think he's an adaptable player. I think he could, like, if they had to move Nealander to center, he could replace Nealander on the first line with Matthews, or he could move up in the lineup. So I don't think they want to give him up. And his salary is two point one million dollars, which is very, very inexpensive. So uh, you know, I don't think they want to move him. But if that's the price that they would have to pay to get that defenseman they really need, I think that they would pay it. You want good stuff? You're going to have to part with good stuff. Uh, Mike's column at HockeyBuzz.com. In regards to Maple Leafs trade bait, the players Mike thinks could be moved out to uh, bring back players who will help the Leafs move forward. Very interesting stuff at HockeyBuzz.com. Mike, uh, there's a reason why you're one of the best in the game. It's because you give us food for thought and you're not a prick about it. You just lay it out there and um, you're very analytical and uh, you're, you're cordial. You are certainly a statesman and a gentleman, uh, un- un- <laughs> unlike unlike your uh, your president right now we're allowed to be friends aren't we we're, we're still cool aren't we canadians and americans we're, we're still uh, i think it, this is this is called detente yeah a, a detente um the the picture i'm referring to on on twitter very interesting from the g7 summit with trump sitting at at the seat he's got uh, mike babcock's head superimposed on there cadres there nylander um marner matthews and kyle dubas looking straight at at babcock and uh Still our water bottle at Lonnie underscore Bahanas said through a tweet with this picture, quote this tweet with what you think is being said at this meeting. No, Mike, he puts in there. We're not signing Komarov to be a power play specialist next year. And I captioned it. Go ahead. Ask me to trade for Placanich again. I dare you. So we'll put the, we'll <laughs> pick the picture up on the uh, YouTube podcast. Uh, you can follow me. At I am Sports Heart at the Leafs Combo, you can see the retweet of at Lonnie underscore Bahanas' tweet. Really amazing stuff. It's the Leafs version of that G7 summit with petulant Trump. 
uh, in the middle of all the action. We're going to get to uh, Mike's mailbag in just a quick second, but here's a new segment that I want to create here. And whether it's something that we do every single podcast, I'll have no problem with it because it's about dispelling myths. It's called Let's Get This Straight. Mike, lay out the cap situation the Leafs are dealing with going into this free agent period, how it will benefit them, what they're up against, just and how it would pertain to Jonathan, John Tavares potentially being lured to Toronto, signed by the Maple Leafs. Because you do see a lot of uh, opinion out there that's not necessarily based in fact, uh, pushing this narrative that the Leafs don't have money. Uh, then there's uh, mm-hmm. then the, the, there's the the faction who believe the Leafs have all kinds of money to spend, and there will no there will be no entanglements uh, in the seasons to come. Lay it out for us, one hundred percent fair and square right now. Well, the the strange thing is that in the short term, meaning next year, the Leafs have a great deal of cap space. They have, uh, you know, according to Cap Friendly, they have a little over twenty two million dollars in cap space. Um, and now that's, you know, that's a pretty healthy chunk. And if that, but, you know, we're talking about them having to resign guys like Nealander, and we don't know whether it's going to be a bridge deal or a, a long-term Can they, deal. can they sign but Tavares? That's what we want to get at here. They can, they can sign Tavares, but, and this is not an original theory. This has been talked about by, by Chris Johnson from Sportsnet. And I agree with him, um, that the perfect scenario be to sign Tavares to a one-year max deal like they they could afford to pay him like it's the the maximum salary that the uh, CBA allows is 20 percent of the Uh cap now if the cap goes up to 80 million they could pay John Tavares one year at 16 million dollars but all the risk in that situation is on John Tavares because he could get injured and he doesn't have the security of a long-term deal. He, you know, if he goes now, the, the positive here is if they, if the Leafs sign him to a one-year deal, then they could sign him to an eight-year extension after that. He basically get yeah. full money on 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 the one-year deal, and then maybe maybe they could sign him to an eight-year extension at a little less because they paid that front money in, in a very creative way. And this is the thing, you know, we we know that Kyle Dubas, we know that Brandon Pridham, uh, Lawrence Gilman as part of this management team, they're going to be creative. Something like this is creative. Now, I don't know how realistic sure. it is. I, I was talking with, uh, with, a, with, a, with another hockey writer this morning, and they said the last time that this happened was, if you remember, Marion Hosa signed a one-year contract with Pittsburgh, and then he signed a – actually, he was traded to Pittsburgh from Atlanta, then he signed mm-hmm. a one-year contract with Detroit the year after he lost the Cup – both times with Pittsburgh and Detroit. Yeah. He was on the wrong side of both times. And then he went for the long-term deal to Chicago, and then he won three Stanley Cups. Yeah. So it, there is pre- there is precedence here. Yeah. But I don't know whether Tavares is going to accept a one-year deal. I think he's going to go for the match Does, for the seven Sure. So, so this is predicated on Jonathan Tavares wanting to be a part of the Toronto Maple Leafs, like right now. And if, if he's willing to twist the arm of his agent and have him – um, agree and help construct a deal that helps the Maple Leafs in the short term and then allows them some flexibility and him to get paid going forward, then he will do so. The question amongst uh, our, our listeners and our followers and the people who consume the Leafs combo right now, and, and maybe we can get a nice, inspired, lively chat, the, um, chat component of this podcast on YouTube is, does Jonathan, does John Tavares, I keep calling him Jonathan, Jonathan, like 
you know, he's he's 14 or something. Uh, Does John Tavares want to do this to help the Maple Leafs and help himself and help the team? Does he does he still have that affinity for the Maple Leafs? Does he still believe that his career trajectory somehow intersects with the Maple Leafs and it all ends with a, a Stanley Cup? Um, I, I, I just I just don't know, Mike. I just don't know if, if that's the case. And um, it's not like um, be the guy and have this cap situation be such a, a, a big deal. And John Tavares is now your focal point. He's coming to be potentially the two center to Austin Matthews, who's going to have his own contractual situation uh, needing to be ironed out at some point in the near future as well. So to, it's like you're taking up a lot of money, but also becoming the, you know, the deputy as opposed to the sheriff. Mike, we've got to get into the mailbag and this actual what we're talking about here pertains to the first question. So point to you and then we'll uh, carry on. Well, every indicator is that Tavares wants to go someplace where he can win. If he leaves the Islanders, he's going to go to someplace where he thinks he can win. Now, I think he will think, and I think a lot of people think, that Toronto is a place you can go to win, but there are a number of other teams too. So, you know, we'll, we'll find out on July 1st or maybe a few days before whether it will happen, but it's up to interpretation and it's up to him where, where he wants to go. Mm-hmm. All right, time for Mike's mailbag, hashtag Ask Mike, hashtag Mike's mailbag in the YouTube chat, make it bold, all caps, so I can see it. It'll come to my notifications, and we'll get your questions through YouTube into a future podcast. Our question at Parman123, uh, asking uh, about the Tavares situation. Can the Leafs sign Tavares at 20% of the cap for one year and extend him eight years after Jan 1st, 2019, at a cap-friendly 10 mil? Nothing in writing, of course. Um, Anything to add to that, or do you want to carry on? Uh, I, I, I think it's plausible, um, but I, I think even if they sign him at $10 million for an eight-year deal, it's going to mean down the line that the Leafs are going to have to make a decision on one of the, the big three. Yeah. I, they, can sign, they can sign Matthews. They can pay him what he deserves, which is a lot. They can sign Marner, but they, I don't think they can sign Marner, Matthews, and Nealander. They'll have to make a decision, and probably of the three, Nealander is the one who they would I would think move, but you don't know. Apologies for the uh, audio difficulties and troubles that we're having. Uh, we're working to sort these things out. And, and trust me, as time goes on, this podcast is going to evolve into a superpower. And it's going to be uh, technologically right up to speed along with that superpower status. So bear with us, folks. Um, we are certainly in the growth mode. And it's all because of you. I, I honestly think Mitch Marner could be a leaf for life. I don't see him... The, the city loves mm-hmm. him. He is, uh, he is the city. He is the epitome of, of a natural ability in this game. I, 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 I see him outlasting Nylander 100% and potentially even outlasting an Austin Matthews. He's just he's the heartbeat of the team, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely um, some favoritism on my part being shown here because I know the kid. He's a wonderful guy. He's an incredible player. And uh, you saw what he did in the playoffs, Mike. I mean, the guy's he's, he's five foot nothing, and he weighs nothing. And you saw what he did in the playoffs. He could take over games. He's, he's just incredible. I just don't see um, Mitch Marner going anywhere. And I hope they can all stick together, but I doubt the band will be uh, kept intact in order to win the Stanley Cup. Someone may have to go. And I could see it being Gardner. I can see it being Nylander. But don't kill me. I'm, 
I care more about the team than I do about these players individually. A couple more questions before we go. At Benny mm-hmm. underscore Rumble. What would you offer JVR to keep his annual 25-plus goals around? If you don't want to keep him, who do you see filling his spot next year? Let's keep these answers quick, Mike, so we can uh, wrap it up. I think the only way the Leafs sign a JVR is on a short-term deal, which would probably be three or four years at, say, $5 million. And I, and I don't think he's going to take that because he has the opportunity to make to sign for seven years at probably $6 million per. So I, 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 the Leafs may make a courtesy offer, yeah. but I, I don't think it's going to happen. And as for who will replace him, Maybe Andreas Janssen. I mean, it's a different type of player. I mean, but he's he's a left winger with with the dynamic speed and scoring ability. And you know, we we've seen him in a fourth line situation, but he could be moved up into a top nine role. And his, I think he has the ability to score twenty goals as a rookie. Hey, what's Lonnie Bahanas up to at Steel Saint 03 with the twenty fifth pick? Do you see the Leafs selecting a center slash winger or D man? Akil Thomas and Isaac Lundstrom have both been projected to go between 20 to 25. Have you heard about either player? Real quick, Mike. Uh, I At the Combine, the Leafs talked to almost every center uh, that could be drafted in the first round. I think they're either going center. I think that's the, that's the, the focus. I, not wing. They're not going to go wing. Uh, it's either center or defense, but I think the best available player at either of those two positions uh, I have I, I know of those players. I don't know whether the Leafs are specifically interested in them, but I, I think that you know I know that they're they're targeting center. But I, I continue to say they could very easily trade that. Okay, uh, can Connor Brown develop into an offensive force to be reckoned with for the Leafs? Hashtag TML talk. This comes from at Eli three six two. I don't know about offensive force, but I think, I mean, he scored 20 goals as a rookie and he played, yeah, I'd say half the season with, uh, with Matthews. If he plays with Matthews or if he plays with Kadri, I think his numbers will go up. I think, I think he tops out at maybe a 25 goal score, but that you can't sneeze at that. That's good. Yeah. So I, you know, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take as many counter Browns as I can get my hands. Sure. On. He's a puck retriever. Love him. Uh, you know what? He was a, a guest on uh, the combo a couple of years ago when he was still, dominating at the uh, AHL level. Remember, he was the first dominant Connor with the Erie Otters. He won a scoring title. He was he won that scoring title with the Otters and was that dominant first round of uh, the Connor historic lore in beautiful Erie, Pennsylvania. And then the, some kid named Connor McDavid uh, stole his thunder. I don't know. What is he up to now? Is he playing in the, yeah. is he playing uh, in the uh, Southern Quebec League somewhere? I have no idea. Yeah, and finally, at Troy W. Music, regarding the upcoming expansion draft, hmm, does a pending RFA need to be protected? Using Nylander as an example, if he signed a bridge deal that expires by the expansion draft, could he potentially be retained without being protected? How or will the draft affect upcoming contracts? Uh, yes, he has to be protected. And if, if the rules stay the same, which that they would for Seattle. Remember, Seattle or Las Vegas had access to negotiate with RFAs prior to other NHL teams. So they they had a window before – July 1st to be able to talk to RFAs because they had a they had a wide open roster so they I don't know if they I can't remember if they signed anybody but they had the 
ability to talk to them. So I, I would say, first of all, Nylander is going to be protected. But second of all, if he signs a bridge, it's probably going to be a three-year bridge for that re- for for that reason and the and the thing is they still have a year before he becomes an unrestricted free agent with a 3 year deal so i think that's the direction they'll go there's in. a reason you're the best and you just proved it Micah Jello thanks a lot we'll talk soon thanks Norman. Hey, don't forget, if you want Mike or myself to answer one of your Leaf slash Marley slash hockey-related questions on a future podcast, you can get those questions to us. Hashtag AskMike, hashtag Mike's Mailbag on social media. In the YouTube comments section, uh, capitalize those letters. Hashtag capital AskMike, hashtag capital letters Mike's Mailbag. We will get to your comments. We'll add them into the queue, and they will be answered in short order thank you so much for your support of this podcast make sure to like the podcast dislike it even i don't really care as long as you're reacting to it also if you're listening and you're not so sure about this podcast and whether you want to commit to us just do it just do it you commit to us we'll commit to you we're we're steamrolling we're barreling towards july 1st all the hype around free agency and john Tavares. we have got you covered and then some for mike ogello i'm norman james Thanks again. We'll talk to you on the next Leafs Convo. Peace.